Goosebumps number 25, Attack of the Mutant by R.L. Stein. He's no superhero. He's a supervillain. Read at your own risk. Skipper Matthews has an awesome comic book collection. His favorite one is called The Masked Mutant. It's about an evil supervillain who's out to rule the universe. Skipper can't get enough of the mutant until one day he gets lost in a strange part of town and finds a building that looks exactly like the mutant's secret headquarters. A building that appears and disappears. Has Skipper read one too many comic books? Or does the masked mutant really live in River View falls. Listener, Listener beware. beware. You're, You're in for, for a scare. scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love dark falls. <laughs> Somebody's out there. Something. Something. Ah! Saber's coming. Come on, man. We gotta go. Saber's hungry. You'll stay out of the basement. I must have your beautiful hands. Guys, Hi guys, welcome to welcome to Deadcast. Welcome, welcome and bienvenue. <laughs> I'm Daniel Montgomery. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. We are the Terror Twins, and we love Goosebumps. It is my favorite. I feel like it's been a while. It's been a long time. I'm so glad we're We've back. We've been busy little bees. We've been busy little bitches <laughs> yes not we for have kids. this podcast is not for kids Hate you may think children. it is but it's not yeah welcome to welcome to dead cat <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so excited to do this we haven't done this in a while i know i missed this and you know what we're goosebumps number 25 we're a quarter of the way through a hundred books <laughs> even though they're only 62 in can the I original you, series um the job i just had or whatever you can tell me. Yes, I can tell you about it. When I was backstage, I would get violently impatient. Violent! No, I was I was so impatient for this one entrance. I wanted to get back on stage so fast that what I would do was I would try to count all the Goosebumps books 1 through 62 yes. and say them to myself before I had to go back on. And I found that the amount of time for me to walk off stage was just enough time to say all 62 in my head and be back on. This makes me sound like a terrible actor because I'm going off stage and listing Goosebumps books. But it, it didn't matter for what I was doing. I, I just got so impatient that I get such pleasure from that. And there was this one time Dan and I were at Hot Wings Cafe. Mm, yes. We went out to eat. I, I think I got like my heart broken or something and I was like so sad or whatever. And I, I, I just remember going to Hot Wings Cafe on Melrose and I think you're like trying to cheer me up or something. But Probably. it turned into us sitting at the table eating our wings and I wouldn't let us leave until Daniel recited all 62 Goosebump books to me in order. It's true. I do, I do that often when I'm by myself too. What I also do is I think of... Um, every girl that's won America's Next Top Model, yeah. and then I'll also go through top three for every yeah, girl that's, that's won every cycle of America's yeah, that's Next good. Top Model. But that's a different podcast. Yeah, there was a moment when I I'll, and then I'll stop talking about myself and my job, me, 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 me. But there's a part where um, uh, I was on stage and my character was supposed to have nothing going on in his brain. Yes, and Bart, my director, specifically said. 
I want absolutely nothing, have nothing. And so what I did was I stared out directly into the audience and I tried to envision all the goosebumps books. So I would, I would try to see, remember what the cover of Welcome Dead Cast looked like. Then remember what the cover, I mean, Welcome Dead House. And then remember the cover of Stay Out of the Basement and then the cover of Monster Blood. I love that you just slipped there and said Welcome to Dead Cast instead I of did. Welcome to Dead House. I did. I love that. So I have a lot to say today, tonight. You do? I do. I have to say, I wasn't super excited to read this. I, was, I have to confess. Um, Reread this, of we're course. Gonna make this I've read it many fun, times. But this is easily my least favorite book we've read so far. Mm. And two of the worst episodes of TV I've ever seen. Really? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it's so. Real, it's just, you guys, it's just really not my favorite. It's not my favorite. But here's why I'm so verbose about this or whatever is because this book was my favorite this book was your favorite this was my favorite goosebumps book i had no idea can i tell you why it was my favorite goosebumps you book? better that's why because we have this podcast it was orange and the cover was orange there and, we go and i was really into comic books and mutants at the time no place to hide no place to run no place to run the mutant has now begun We both were. It didn't really matter to me what was happening inside the book. The fact that there was a Goosebumps book about comic books, Mm. the cover was orange, the word mutant was in it. I remember being at the bookstore as a kid, buying this book, deciding deciding, this this is is my my favorite favorite before I read it. Well, that's actually not dissimilar from the thought I had when I... That's a good word. when 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 I was about to reread this because... It seems like it should be one of our favorites or my favorites it because be. of those facts. Because yes. I love comic books. I love mutants. And then when I actually read it, I'm disappointed because I think, gosh, this should be one of my favorites. But right. it's just not. That's kind of how I feel about You Can't Scare Me. Do you remember that mm, number 15 when we yes. read... Re- I always think of that one as one of my favorites because I love the TV episode much and the cover so evoc- provocative or whatever the word is. But the book itself is a total snooze. And for me, what really absolutely destroyed, like eviscerated my childhood love of this book was the television episodes. I was so monumentally disappointed with them that I never watched them again until tonight and I never read the book again. It's bad, you guys. I also want to point out that this uh, book also had a corresponding video game video game oh that's right a computer game that we had that i played a couple times and i barely remember it yeah but i and i i wasn't excited to get it you know, i just I bet got if we looked it. on youtube i bet you could like oh i know there was i, I googled images of, yeah. of it before before um we started to record this yeah uh so let's let's just talk let's just jump right in we're going to talk about the book of course and then we'll talk about the tv episodes yeah and just there is some stuff in the tv episode there where it's so bad it's almost good yes and there is some stuff it's worth. so ridiculous that we abs i in a way i'm looking really looking forward to hashing this all out I, i'm i'm looking forward to hearing your opinions and descriptions about certain things girl i got pinions oh and i'm a ret to hear them i got pinions oh that's french for opinion that's right so this book came out in November 1994. It's like a winter book. It is. It's freezing cold. It's ice cold. And our protagonist is a guy named Skipper Matthews. Uh Uh-oh, Matthew, shout out to me, my favorite book. What up, girl? Okay. What's going on, Skipper? What you doing this weekend? That's my girl. That's my girl. So Skipper is pudgy, and he has straight brown hair, and that's that's all you need to know. (laughs) 
I just think it's interesting that Ralstein makes sure makes sure we know that he's chubby. Oh, I remember now what put a bee in my bonnet about this book. Oh, was the fact that you know I felt so well versed in comics and comic books that I didn't like it when stuff was not true or not real to how comics actually were. What do you mean? Well, as we're about to talk about it, the way that Skipper gets his comics frustrated me as a in child. The mail. Yeah. As a chow. You came into my house. You tush my chow. <laughs> so, all right, great. We have Skipper Matthews, and the book starts off with Skipper and his friend Wilson, Wilson Clark. They're going through a, a big box of comics, similar to the box comics. Matthew and I had many, many, many boxes of comics many, growing many up. Many, many moons ago. <laughs> and the, and I, I'm going to name all the comics that Arlstein references because he made up all these names. Yes. Comics like Silver Swan and Star Wolf and Z Squad is isn't oh I'm thinking Z Nation Z Nation is a zombie show that's on sci-fi right now not Z Squad sorry I thought it was for a second and what he does is he keeps them in their little plastic sleeves in mint condition just like we did yes god yes and Wilson's like not totally here for it he Wilson but Wilson and Skipper are both sort of nerds and Wilson's thing is he he collects rubber stamps uh-huh Skipper's really into the comics and Wilson's like I like, I like the rubber stamps. Wilson lives next door and like always pops by to say hi, grab his math homework. And Wilson is like a tall, skinny guy with that curly blonde hair and the big blue eyes. And Skipper comments like, gosh, if this were a comic book, he would be the hero and I would be the, the sidekick because I'm fat. Mm, no redhead yet, but I have a feeling there's one coming. Um, I want to, I want to, I know I just said that, uh, that, um, that's my girl. Yes, you. I, I did say that. That Skipper, you know, collects all these fake comic books, but he also, it's mentioned in his room that he's a Captain America and a Spawn poster. Yes, I remember that. I really, really, really love that. That was so, good. So, um, Skipper gets comic books in the mail in a brown envelope that yes. shows up. Yes, and what frustrates, what, uh, what frustrates me about this is that they seemingly, I mean, time goes by, you know, like Unchained Melody or whatever, but like, what, seemingly he gets these in the mail like, Uri Day. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, they come frequently. And I remember as a cheer-in, there was the opportunity to like, you know, sign up at the back of the fucking thing and you'd be getting them in the mail anyway. Right. Even though, I think there's like an option for that for Goosebumps books. But best believe your girl wouldn't be getting it the week it comes out. You'd be getting it two or three weeks later. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's for that's for all. Yeah, I guess it makes sense for a book you have to get, to continue the plot, you have to get these brown envelopes like every day seemingly but that's not real so he has this brown envelope waiting on his desk and his dad basically says you can't read this comic book until you finish your math homework or whatever <laughs> but skipper just got he's gots to read it now he's just gots to scream i know so he's reading the mask mutant his favorite comic is the mask yes, mutant. his favorite comic is the masked mutant and it's number 24 and on the front of the book it says a tight squeeze for the sensational sponge can we talk about the mat should we talk about the cover of the book really quick before oh we yes 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 let's talk about so the it. cover of the book we know it's orange and it's sort of like a pale lavender it's it's yeah it's orange and a and a pale pink and it's mm, uh, pink there's the masked mutant himself which i'll describe him in, in un moment but it, he's like flying towards us a little bit like he's like leaping forward like coming like cleopatra coming at you and it and, and behind him is like um his headquarters which is like this big phallic fire hydrant that's like kind of magenta neon green and then there's like a purple sky behind him. I think it's a pretty sexy cover. And it's it is. Strangely it's very, very simple. Sexy. And the masked mutant here on the cover is blue. Has kind of an ambiguous mask that's like Batman-esque, but a little bit more cartoony than that. You should Google it. Yeah, you should. You he has, a, should he has like a big blue cape. 
um, tickets to the gun show, and then like blue gloves with these like kind of orange goldish bands that he has for bracelets. He and he had better garters. He he he. He now can let's work from home. And what's interesting to me about the mass mutant is he's like a villain, but he's like the lead of his comic book, and you kind of cheer on the villain Freddy Krueger style. And like Skipper loves the masks to mutant, even though he's not a good guy. He's a you bad know, guy. I like that you said Freddy Krueger because as I was not so much as I was reading the book, but when I was watching the episode, I got some wongs and I got some feelings about Tina, about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it, it, there was a Nightmare on Elm Street, especially vibe. in the Bismanta. Yes, when he's in the Steam Factory. Yeah, you know that. Uh, I like that. And, you know, pe- people love a good villain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the comic book is about this guy, Mass Mutant, who fights, and he is, um, he can manipulate his molecules to turn into anything. Yes, no matter what he turns into, though, he'll always be wearing, isn't in the book, is he's wearing purple? Is it purple in the book? Well, I have it in my notes. We'll get there. I don't think it's purple. I think is it is. Is the Mass Mutant blue? I think it's blue. I mean, we, we'll get there. Okay. But no matter what he transforms himself into, he's still kind of always, you can see who he is because he's kind of his like little eye holes in his mask is there somewhere. Right. So in this, in this particular comic that Skipper's reading, he's turned into like an octopus or something. And he fights the League of Good Guys and his main nemesis is the Galloping Gazelle, which I think is such an odd choice. It is odd, but he's going to be like our quote hero, end quote. Yes, that's true. So, he's reading, we learn that Skipper loves comics and he's annoying little sister named Mitzi. Ding, 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 little annoying brother or sister. This book we get Mitzi. Another thing that Arlstein likes, like redheads, is characters with M names. Be on the lookout for it, girl. I remember him saying that in an interview a long time ago, saying how he likes those M names. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't remember that. That's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna pay attention to that from here on out. Matthew, Matthew, Skipper Matthews. That's my girl. <laughs> so he's reading this book at a time. Mitzi scares him by putting her cold, clammy hand on the back of his neck. Mitzi. And basically, says, I'm gonna tell Dad you're reading the comic book. The dad comes in, is like flipping out. It's like these are trash. <laughs> you know, he says no more comic books until you finish your homework. You. What's that movie? Is it what's the movie that where the reading comic books is like the worst thing ever? Is it Creep Show? Creep Show. Creep Show. You're thinking? No, I think you're thinking Creep Show Two. Creep Show Two. I am thinking Creep Show Two. Yes, yes, yes. The comics will rot your brain. What's so wrong with that? That's not a quote from Creep Show Two. I just said that. Yeah, it almost sounded like Plan Nine from Outer Space for a second. Your stupid mind. So, uh. He um, finishes his homework, gets to read this book. Anyway, the important thing about him reading this comic book particular issue is that he sees the Mass Mutant's headquarters, and he notices that they're big. And he ain't never seen his headquarters before because there's secret headquarters. He's like, ooh, girl, this is the Mass Mutant's secret headquarters. Okay. And they, <laughs> what is with you tonight? I don't know. I'm just trying to make this fun. <laughs> you are. And the the headquarters look like the cover of the book. They're, it says they're pink stucco. Like a f- pink stucco fire hydrant? Yeah. Like what? With a green domed roof? And I'm all, Same. what? So anyway, that's an that's important detail. We're at school later. Wilson- Franklin. Franklin School, Franklin Middle School, and Wilson- In Riverview Falls. Yes. In Riverdale. That's true, Riverdale. Um, Harry, high school Harry and Beanhead. So- <laughs> So Wilson's like, hey, what are you doing after school? Want to see my stamp collection? And Skipper's like, I've no. I've heard that one before. Woo! So Skipper's like, no, I got to take the city bus. I got to go to Gooddale Street and like go to my orthodontist appointment or whatever. Sicked. And he says, I'm going to stop at the comic book store before I can to get some more comic books. So woo! So he gets on the bus. The wheels on the bus. And I, I and he, it's freezing. It's cold. He's wearing a big old 
coat, gets on the boat, and six gets on the boat. He gets on a boat and is like grind, flying through the river. Oh, Dr. D. And he gets on the bus, and a girl sits next to him on the bus, and she has carrot colored hair. <laughs> I knew there was going to be that redhead. I told you. It's Liberloo. <laughs> it's Libby. A girl named Libby. She has her hair tied back in a single braid. She's got those green eyes and light freckers on her nose. And I think this is cool. She's wearing a heavy blue and red plaid sweater over faded jeans with a red canvas mm, backpack borg, borg, she's borg, cool go and she's like hi who are you what's your name he says skipper and she says oh my god what do you live on a boat or something can i pause you for a second please um i before i reread this book i listened to the audio i did too yes god you should the audiobook is fun you guys actress who sounds so much like nancy cartwright to me that it oh yes pulled focus yes um i get that i hear that this actress who who is playing libby in the audiobook she came to work and it's a little bit annoying but it's also i gotta give her mad respects because she makes some strong choices yeah she came to work like she came into the booth made some strong choices and then left before they could get another take from her and then they had to use that crazy ass one that she did well no i mean i've gone past her a few times okay wait did you see any machinery no any big wrecking balls no. any bulldozers no. dozens of workers no I, I didn't actually see anyone tearing the building down i swear but but i didn't really look I don't know why you're so interested in that ugly building anyway, Skip. I'm glad it's gone. But it was in a comic book. What? What are you talking about? Girl. Do you know what I'm saying? I know and what I you're listened, saying. And I read the book so long ago. We usually reread them and then we like record pretty immediately. But Dan and I have been busy that I reread it. It was like a couple weeks ago now. So I re-listened to the audiobook earlier today. Oh, God bless. So I've listened to the audiobook twice and I've read the, read the book. And then I've watched both episodes tonight. Yay. You're on mass mutant to overload. Yes. So she says, your name's Skipper, what? He said, oh, no, yeah, when I was a little kid, I was always in a hurry, so I used to skip a lot. That's not a real name, is it? Well, it's what everyone calls me. Do you live on a boat or something? I guess Skipper is kind of a dumb name, but I like it a lot better than my real name, Bradley. Which makes me think of my my roommate freshman year. Schooner. Schooner. Scooter. Oh yeah, and I remember uh, get you know getting your like assignment for who's gonna be your you know like roommate in the dorms, and it was a guy named I'm gonna say his name on this right now. Yeah, his name is Ryan R Y N E Ryan Niner. What was his name? Mm. And I remember being like, all right, cool. And I remember calling him a month before we were you know supposed to start school, and just want to say, hey, I want to introduce myself. Can I speak to Ryan? And his mother answered, she's oh, you mean Scooter? 
And I said, do I? Yeah. And she said, yeah. Oh, nobody calls him Ryan. It's Scooter. I guess when he was a baby. I think Scooter's a cool name. It is a cool name. When he was in the nursery, he would like get, right after he was born, was wrapped up in this little blanket and would scoot out of his blanket. So the nurses called him this little Scooter. There's Scooter. And he's been called Scooter ever since. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It sounds made up, but so it's Skipper not. Skipper is called Skipper because he be skipping all the time when he was little. And Libby says that her last name is Zax. Libby Zax. Mm, Libby Zax. Which I think is cool. And she's and she reads comics too, but instead she reads High School Harry and Beanhead. Which is absolutely supposed to be Archie. Yes. Right? At first I thought it was supposed to be like Beavis and Butthead, but I guess they weren't a comic, right? So it, it has to be. Because they kind of talk about... Skipper throws some shade about at High School Harry and Beanhead and basically describes Betty and Veronica in high yes. school dramas. And she's and he says, Oh, you I mean, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about comics or you're whatever. Shit. <laughs> and she like gives him a hard time. She's oh, are all the boys at Franklin just like you? And he says, No, yeah. I'm the coolest. I'm the coolest. And they laugh and laugh and laugh. I love that the TV episode pulls direct dialogue and stuff from the books. Although in the TV episode, which we'll talk about later. She says, did they call you Skipper because when, when God was handing out brains, he skipped you or something? No, she said, yeah. She said, now I know why they called you Skipper because when they're handing out brains, they skipped, must have skipped you. Zing. That's such like a zinger that some dumb kid would say in some dumb book around this time. I know. So like, I like well, it. Yeah, that's true. I like it. I like it. So, yeah. and um, I, I just want to point out this one line that R.L. Stein says that, speaking as Skipper says, about Libby, she was pretty cute looking and funny in a nasty sort of way. Yeah. So as they're talking, Skip realizes he he missed his stop, so he pushes the bell and jumps to his feet, gets out of the back door of the bus, and realizes Libby's right behind him. And she was like, what are you Libby doing? Zach's. And she's like, I live two blocks away. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's cool. And then Skipper gasps and sees that on the other corner across them is the Mass Mutant headquarters. No, it can't be. It just can't be. And Arlstein st- st- says he stared goggle-eyed at it. Oh, no. And it's bright comic book colors, just like it's shown in the comic. Glass doors with no sign. He's so shocked. Libby's like, what's wrong? That's the ugliest building I've ever seen. It looks like a blimp standing on its end. Bitch. She says, it's been there. It's been there since I moved here last spring. What is that? And he's like, uh, but it's, but it's just, you want to come over and see my comics? And Skipper's like... Actually, I have an orthodontist appointment. I need to go. and super embarrassed about I gotta that. I got to get my braces tightened. And so she runs off to home or whatever. And he goes up to the building and looks inside and sees that the, inside the walls are pink and yellow. Oh, wow. With elevators. And he goes, oh, gosh, should I go in? Should I go in? And then he realizes, no, wait, I'm going to be late to my appointment. I better go. Oh, I better go to Gooddale Street. So at the ne- next day at school, he tells Wilson about it. And Wilson, you'll never believe what happened. And Wilson's night. like... I- He's like, this is crazy, this is crazy. Wilson goes, well, maybe the artist Jimmy Steranko probably just lived in Riverview Falls at some point and drew it. And Skipper's like, no, no, I want to go back this afternoon. I've got to go back. But he can't because Miss Partridge assigned too too much homework. Oh, And then the next day couldn't go after that because it's snow. Oh, no, it's snowed. So next week he decides to go back. Yes, yes, next week I'll go back. And when he goes back, the building is gone. It's just an empty lot. No, no, please. And so he's staring <laughs> he's staring at in shock. And then he realizes Libby has hopped off another bus and is behind him again wearing that same red and blue ski sweater. Crazy bitch. Her, and he points that points out that her hair is pulled back in a blue scrunch. Mmm, scoonchy. And Libby says, maybe they just tore it down. It was so ugly. Why don't we go back to my house and go to look at my comic collection? And like doesn't like Skipper like he can't he doesn't even think of a response and next thing he knows he's at Libby's house and they's be looking at high school Harry and Beanhead comics yeah yep 
And so he looks at her comic book collection, goes home, and when he gets home, just like you said, there's a comic book waiting for him in this brown envelope. And in the comic book, he you know he immediately jumps in and starts to read it and sees that the mass mutant says, the League of Good Guys will never find me behind my invisibility curtain. Oh, oh. And Sk- Scooper, Skipper goes, Sk- Skipper goes, wait a minute. Is that what's happening? Is... Is this real? Has the Mastermind really put a... Is it really his headquarters? Has the he really put it... I didn't see that headquarter building this time this afternoon when I went is because the Mastermind actually put his invisibility cloak over it. His visibility curtain. Curtain. Sorry, Invisibility curtain over it. Oh, Karina Longworth. And so he says, this is crazy. My head is spinning faster than the tornado man. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of this book was written just because Arlstein could please and giggle himself of writing these like silly little superhero jokes now i know das the truth okay jovial bob to two so the next day that's all skipper can think about goes shoe shopping with his mom and usually try goes shoe shop and he usually tries on 10 to 12 pairs and bu- and usually buys the most expensive ones that pump up or have lights on them. Same. <laughs> but today, he just bought the first pair of black and white Reeboks because his mind was on that curtain. I'd stare goggle-eyed if I saw light-up shoes today. And mm, I would have I want to those pumps. buy them, honey. So the next afternoon, he gets on the bus again after school, always riding on the bus by himself. Oh, the wheels in the bus go round and round. To go check it out. And of course, Libby's there again <sighs> on the bus. And and, she, and he's sometimes like, I think she lives on that bus. And she goes, I think you're not. And he's, I gotta you're check not. it out. So they get off the bus together and they walk across the sidewalk to see the dirt lot. And as they walk across the sidewalk towards the building, the building appears. They walk through the invisibility curtain and they freak out. And they sp- totally freak out. What did she do? Did she totally freak out? She totally freak out. They're, they're so they're freaking out so much that Skipper's throat is dry. Oh wow, that is pretty. Scary flipping out <laughs> so they decide to go in we have to we must and they go in the doors open the glass doors open they go in and it seems like the lobby goes on forever there are pink and yellow walls a marble floor and a sparkly white ceiling miles high Gorge. and there's no desk or anything and they're so scared and as soon as they walk through the door a yellow light shoots out of the wall with a soft beep and rolls down over skipper's body as Ooh, and it feels tingly and prickly. Oh. You know, like when your arm falls asleep. My turn, my turn. And then it was over after two seconds, and Skipper was like, what was that? And Libby's like, what are you talking about? I didn't notice anything. I didn't notice shit. And she goes, we should leave. Let's get out of here. Skipper's no, no, I have to go inside. I have to go deeper. I've got to know the truth. And it's so empty. It's so creepy. It's probably just an empty office building. I know that's what it is. So Skipper's like, let's By just- Jimmy Strango Doug. <laughs> From out of the west came a man. He's got a powerful stink, and he don't like pink. He's got a rock hard head, and he eats stale bread. He eats nails for lunch, and drinks unsweet punch. He's the meanest, gruffiest, and all-around dust. Durango, Durango, Durango. Durango. 
<laughs> wow. How long have you been waiting to say that? My whole life. And so Skipper is like, let's ride the elevators to the top floor and just all the way down. Just to say we did it. Just to mm, try it. Elevator. Mm, elevator going down. Right. And so Libby's like, all right, I'm going to go. Libby's just like DTF the whole time, but she like makes a big stink about it. Well, she, she's time. like, I'm going to go just because I feel sorry for you or whatever. So they push, push the button and then get. They push the button. <laughs> get the elevator. And the elevator is nice. It's got those dark brown wood walls with that silver railing. Oh, yes, God. And there ain't nothing in the elevator but a silver panel. So how do I even work this thing? So Skipper pushes the top floor button, I guess. And Let's the, go up to the top. But that's not what happens the elevator starts going down down so fast so fast so fast oh no oh no we're gonna crash and then it talks about thud and skipper's knees bend and hurts ow my knees and my elbows and so then there's then nothing happens the door doesn't open and they're trapped oh no they're trapped and they're going to suffocate and libby freaks out but then skipper notices a button on the bottom panel that says open and then he presses it and then it opens i can't believe we didn't see that before so it opens to this very dark room huge room with machinery all kinds of pipes a big furnace a row of metal trash cans dr shriek's music school long metal boxes and skipper steps out and looks around for a second and libby <laughs> sounds like my kitchen and libby goes, i really need to clean it and libby goes we've got to get out of here i'm afraid and skipper's like all right i'm fine. a scare and skipper goes fine so they push the button that says lobby push the button don't push the button and trip the, the station change the channel and then he presses the button and nothing happens what and then he presses it five or six times then he ran into my knife ten times and nothing happens <laughs> God bless anyone who can keep up with what the fuck we're saying. I know. And then he presses a red button that says emergency, and then nothing happens. And they freak and freak. Were all and freak. these buttons just showing up out of nowhere? And he, they decide, all right, there's got to be another elevator. Let's get out and try another elevator. And as soon as they get out, the elevator closes. Everything's dark, and they look in the wall, and the wall's totally bare. And they see there are no other elevators. Mm-hmm. And not only that, there's no button on the wall to press. What do they do? So they try and search the far wall for other elevators and they're creeped out by this furnace it's like all home alone and other machines like making noises but there are no elevators so they find this dimly lit hallway with all these doorways don't they split up they kind of do yeah they not exactly but they they start searching through this hallway full filled with doorways and skipper tries each doorway yeah it's filled with some are filled with stacks of cartons some are filled with these tall file cabinets some are filled with strange machines canoes 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 one is a large room with enormous coils of metal just all kinds of weird sounds stuff. like my bedroom control i really need to clean it <laughs> control, control panels of red and green blinking lights with stools merry christmas and, and skipper goes isn't this weird and he turns around but libby's gone where'd bibby go oh bibby so he searches for her he searches for her in every room but to no avail wow not ever and he searches down the hallway the hallway curves around and turns down into another narrow hallway that leads to this brightly lit room i try to understand hallways that curve continue i can't understand them i don't understand that and tunnels curve a lot in Arl Stein books. Yeah, they always try to curve. And he comes to this brightly lit room. And in this room, you guys, is a giant machine lit by floodlights. It must be a block long, I Skipper know. Says. Miles high, block long. And if there's this big control panel filled with dials and buttons and lights and all this stuff. There's a conveyor, conveyor belt. There's a conveyor belt. Leading to all several rollers. At the end, is the machine is a huge white cylinder of print paper. And it's a and Skipper goes, it's a printing press. Oh my gosh, it's Johann Gutenberg's printing press. Oh my gosh, it's Eli Whitney's cotton gin. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
The floor is also littered with crumpled stilt skin, like ink smeared paper. Like, wow. Filled with paper. I feel like we're in Jimmy Starango's office. And he's like, is this where they make the comic books? And he has to wade through the sea. It can't be. It just can't be. <laughs> he has to wade through the sea of paper and finds his table along the back wall with a red stool. And he sits down just to, just to think for a second. I just need to tink. Use my tinker. And he turns, he sort of turns away and sits down, then turns back to the table while he's thinking, and sees the, the mass mutant staring at no, him. No, the mass mutant's right there. No, wait, it's just a drawing of the mass mutant. Oh, wow, I thought that giant drawing of the masked mutant was actually the masked mutant. No, it was a drawing of the masked mutant. He finds stacks and stacks of drawings and sketches the masked mutant along this low counter. And stacks on stacks on stacks? Yes, other characters too. Other characters like, from the League of Good Guys. And he realizes, oh my goodness, this must be the headquarter of collectible comics oh my goodness and in that moment his fears dropped away like feathers off the battling bird boy (laughs) and and so he he looks through all of the papers and he finds the layout of the comic book he just read he goes through every folder and then when he gets the very last one this must have taken forever by the way yeah when he gets the very last one hours they screamed for an hour and he i i was listening to a podcast today that was talking about there was a movie that was shown where there was a 40 oh no sorry a play that was performed and there was a 45 minute standing ovation and i wanted to be like girl really that's my that's my dream it's a great dream, but can you actually literally imagine people applauding for 45 minutes? No, but I, it's so outrageous that I love it, and I actually need it to be true. I love it too, but I like to be realistic, and I like to experience all things, and I can't imagine that happening. I, well, how long of a standing ovation can you imagine? Five minutes? I can imagine... I can imagine a eight-minute standing ovation. Eight minutes. I can imagine it being, and after five minutes, be like, "Wow, this has been going on for a long time, but this is still good." And by eight minutes, you're like, "All right, you guys, this has clearly been the longest standing ovation of all time." But it turns out, forty-five minutes is. Can you imagine a what 45? podcast was that? It was. Um, you must remember this. Really? Yes. I don't know. Hurry to tell her. Well, she was t- reading, talking about, you know, she got it from a source. I've got to see this performance. I mean, I guess well, it's... Well, you can't. Yeah. I from a very, very, very <laughs> long time ago. Very, very, very unbelievably It scary. was a Clifford Odette's play. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so he is looking through these pieces of paper and sees one that's impossible for him to believe. He starts trembling and starts no. freaking out. No, and please. And it turns please. out... It sketches of himself. What? Turn the tape over. <laughs> this <laughs> is the part of the audiobook where it, I know this is also the point of the TV episode. Where I'll we put start. the I'll put the, the the clip in it, but I love it because it go, it you know like builds up and then it goes. Turn. Turn the tape over, unless you've got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I listened to it in traffic and it made the ride so very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. In fact, I've gotten to the point now where like the next, I don't think there's one for My Harriest Adventure. There's not one. The next one is Haunted Mask 2. Bitch. Don't call me that. No, not. (laughs) I'm just saying that to just the ether. Oh, no. There's one for Night and Terror Tower. Really? Yes. Girl, that one's going to be a lot. It is a lot. Because it's a two. That's a lot. I listened to it. Yeah. I got I got things to say about Night and Terror Tower. Well, you're gonna have to wait a couple episodes. Now we're on bitch. Attack of the Mutant. Okay, part two. So he he looks at these pictures and he and he's like, "Wow, this is exactly me, down to my crooked smile and my the chip of my front toot and my baggy jeans and my long sleeve pocket T-shirts that I wear." Oh wow, long sleeve pocket T-shirts. And then he 
he sees pictures of him, different pictures of him, like pictures of him scared running from things. But isn't it pictures like... And he sees pictures of him furious. Then he sees pictures of him with bulging biceps. Pictures of him with his eyes closed. Weird. Is this the part where the pictures are like drawing sketches, pencil sketches, like they've just been done? Yes, that's exactly right. Moments ago. Is this the part where the hallways are like pencil? Um, No, not yet. Okay. But isn't that... I think that's really creepy. Spoiler cre- alert. I think that's really creepy. I do, I do think it's creepy. I do, and, I do, I do. And he sees a picture, picture, uh, uh, drawing of him with his eyes closed. He goes, is this a picture of me dead? Which I thought was creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. And then he hears footsteps behind him and he freaks out and turns around and it's Libby. Of course it's Bibby. And she's angry. She goes, I, she's like, you lost me. <laughs> Ugh, gosh. Or like, I lost you. Where did you go? He's girl, I lost you. Where did you go? I don't know. I've been reading these comic books. And I've she says, she says, anyway, it doesn't matter. I found a working elevator. Let's go. And he said, but they're drawings of me. She says, we don't have time for this. What are you talking about? I don't Let's... have time for your stupid drawings. You know, and so they r- literally run out of there. And, yeah. he, and he thinks to himself, I need to go home and think about all this. I need to go home and puzzle it out. Oh, wow. Goggle-eyed puzzler. So they run through the halls, find a wall of elevators with buttons this time. They take it and they run out of there. And basically go their separate ways. And as, you know, Skipper notices as they run away from the building, he turns around and it's disappeared again, basically. Run away, run away, run away if you want to survive. So when he gets home, Wilson is there. He's like, I brought my rubber stamps. And Skipper's Wilson. like, And Skipper's like, fine, whatever, cool, rubber stamps. And can't even rubber begin. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. And can't even begin to talk about it. And he's like, um, anyway, cool, Wilson, I'll see you later. I'll call you after dinner. Bye. And then he notices, again, another brown envelope with a comic <sighs> book on the front table. I don't know why I'm complaining, like, this isn't realistic. Like, this whole book isn't realistic. I'm like, comic books every day? <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I absolutely love that. So he grabs it, runs upstairs to read it, and and he grabs it, runs upstairs, and then goes back and gets the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't very good, sorry. He grabs the comic book, runs upstairs, and the front of the covers the front cover says a new foe for the mutant and he and he opens the first page of the book and it shows that someone is sneaking to the headquarters and he says i don't believe it and it turns out of course it's him dipper matthews it's dipper matthews walking in and the mass mutant has the galloping gazelle tied up in the boiler room attempting to boil him and in the comic book he reads skipper reads looks at himself entering wearing the same clothes he's wearing right now and he freaks out runs to go tell Minute, minute, minute. This part's so stupid. But. He goes to run his... Te- he runs to tell his mom. Run He's his like, te- mom, dad. And like tries to show them the comment book. While they're him. making dinner. And the dad is cutting... The dad is, cutter- is cutting onions. And because he's cutting onions and he's crying, his eyes are too blurry to te- stop and look at the comic books to see that Skipper's actually in Convenient. Uh, and the dad's like, oh, oh, you wrote a letter to the editor and it got in. And he's like, no, no, I'm in the comic book. He's like, I can't see it with these tears in my eyes. And... um. Mom, I can't. He sh- it hurts my eyes. It hurts my eyes. And his mom says, oh, it looks a little like you. And dad is literally crying into a towel. And Skipper goes, fine. Angrily goes to the, angrily goes to the living room and go, fl- just flips to the last page and sees Galloping Gazelle sitting there with a thought bubble that says, only the boy can save me now. Uh-oh. Only the boy can save the world from the mass mutant. But where is he? Bum, bum. So after school the next day, Skipper's like, I'm going, I'm going I'm to the orthodontist right now. And he, um, uh, Wilson is again, he runs into Wilson, who's again talking about his rubber stamp collection. And he's like, I've given it up. It's t- it given up. It's taken up too much of my time. Where are you going? Wilson, Where are you going, useless. Skipper? And Skipper's like, someplace. He gets there. He's terrified. Somehow, somewhere. somewhere. 
And so he's relieved that for once Libby isn't there to haggle him. Haggling, goggling, and he's really, really, bitch. Te- he's really terrified. And he goes in. He's like, "This is just a comic book. Just a comic book." Goes inside, it's pushes the elevator button, skipper. and as he pushes the elevator button, he hears a cold, evil laugh right behind him. Ooh! And then there's no one there. And then he looks and sees that there's a speaker above the elevator. It must be from there. He's hearing laughter coming from the speaker. It sounds like what I think the mask mutant would laugh like. Pretty much. Yeah, laughs so are on the line. The elevator on the left, there are three elevators, by the way. The elevator on the left opens. He gets in and starts to go up. The elevator starts to go up before he pushes anything. Yeah. And it goes up all the way to the 46th floor. Sure. And the door opens and he starts walking down these long hallways that are so gray and so bleak and so empty. That it's they, as if they were pencil sketches. Yes, he's like, it's like a black and white movie. And then he realizes that this is literally a pencil sketch of a hallway. He's walking through pencil he's sketches. He's living in a comic book. And he hears a bump and a thump around the corner and sees a brightly colored hallway. At, like, he turns to a hallway that's now brightly colored, bright like a comic book with a wine red carpeted floor. I, I was trying to imagine this. Because isn't it yellow ceilings, green walls, and red floors? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. That is, those are some strong choices. That is some ugly ass color choices and so the hallway leads to a yellow bolted door and here's somebody behind it going can somebody help me and skipper easily lifts the bolt on the door and opens it and it's the galloping gazelle in real life his mask is kind of rolled down over one eye his cape is twisted he's tied to a chair and the bump was his banging the chair against the floor trying to get free that was his bump and galloping gazelle says please please help me we don't have much time but the mass mutant returns help me please and um skipper tries to untie like these coarse rope knots and galloping gazelle says how how did you i imagine that hurt when i was reading it oh totally and galloping gazelle's like how did you find me did you use your secret cyber radar powers your ultra mind control to read my thoughts and skipper goes no i just took the bus Lol. Uh, so he gets him free and the galloping gazelle suggests he's like let's go pay that mass mutant a visit and he says um i know what you're worrying about kid you're worried you won't be able to keep up with me because i have dino legs and the fastest living mutant in the universe well i think it's so interesting and one of the things i've always remember about this book slash tv episode is that the galloping gazelle is kind of an asshole a little bit yeah kind of like he's kind of a cocky not not the nicest guy in a way yes i, I always thought that was interesting actually so he takes off in a red and blue blur and then comes back as oh sorry was i too fast for you what how let's do you have wall climbing abilities yeah what are your superpowers and skipper's like nothing and, and i took the bus and god i was like fine we'll take the stairs so he grabs skipper and like drags him as they literally he literally fly through the like the hallways yes at top speeds and they get to a stairwell this is so this part is so i kind of love this part for how stupid and it's dumb really it is. dumb and the god stops and says oh no there's a disintegrator ray on the first step you have to jump to the third step otherwise you're going to get disintegrated so I was reading this when I was, me, 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 I was backstage and I had this book with me backstage. Yes, and I, was in a, I was in a stairwell and I tried jumping up three steps to see if I could land on the right step. Could you do it? Did it. It's hard though. And so the galloping gazelle does it first and he easily jumps to the fifth step. And he says to Skipper, don't worry, don't even stop to think about it or you won't be able to do it. And Skipper's like, oh, I'm fat. And he goes, I know he, yeah, he's he's like, I, uh." so he takes a deep breath, takes his best leap forward and lands hard on the first step. And then it, 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 the chapter break, it says, and I landed with, with a hard thud on the first step, chapter 21. I screamed and clamped my eyes shut as the disintegrator ray poured through me and my body crumbled into thin air. Actually, I didn't feel anything. I open my eyes to find myself still standing on the bottom step, still in one chubby piece. And Galpin- I, 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 I stammered. I guess he doesn't have it turned on, Gal Gazelle says. And you then- caught a break, kid. 
Lol. So Let's that's hope it. your luck holds out, he said. So they go up the stairs. Galpin's all pushed open a door to the most colorful, the f- most fanciest, the most fanciest, luxurious most office. Most smartest. Most smartest. Knee high to a pig's eye. That's real educated like. Luxurious office that Skipper's ever seen. And I want to describe this office. Yes. Shaggy white carpet to the ankles. So soft and thick. Floor to ceiling bookshelves, giant TV screen, walls of electronic equipment, enormous oil paintings of green farm fields, covered one wall entirely, shiny gold-plated desk with a tall throne-like desk chair, velvety couches around dark wood tables, silky blue curtains over enormous windows, sparkly crystal chandeliers. (laughs) It was the mass mutant's office. That is ridiculous. In fact, I was trying to Im- I know I know geography and layouts are really important to you, but at a certain point in this book, the colors in my mind were so ugly that I had to shut off my brain. Yes. Yes, you did. And so Galvin Gazelle was like, we're here, we're in his office. And Galvin Gazelle says, I'm going to run circles you're here, around. You're happening. I'm, I'm going to run circles around ma- the mass mutant faster and faster until, t- until I turn into a tornado and the mass mutant will be swept away forever. <laughs> and, and he says and i know i know i can defeat him in fact the only reason he even captured me because he caught me while i was asleep that's the only way you can catch the galloping gazette was when he's asleep and then all of a sudden they hear laughing and the, the, that gold desk transforms into the mass mutant oh it was the mass mutant the whole time and skipper comments that he's so much taller than he appears in the comic book and so the mass mutant and the galloping gazelle bicker for a second and and um uh what is this Oh, uh, the mass mutant says, say goodbye. Uh, no, the galloping gazelle says, say goodbye to the ill-begotten splendor. I'll handle you easily. <laughs> and um, uh, the mass mutant says, um, I'm going to destroy this kid or whatever first before you do that. And Skipper backs up to the door. And it's like, oh, no, I have nowhere to go. And the galloping gazelle steps between them and starts to run that circle. It starts to run and spin and spin and spin till a tornado and book starts flying off the shelves curtains start going crazy and then the mass mutant just sticks his foot out and and trips trips. he's defeated and he falls hard bounces a few times and can't get can't can't get up and mass mutant goes "Uh uh-oh dinner time and this is what happens the mass mutant's face flattens and lowers it twists and his body lowers and he gets his hands on the floor and turns into a leopard. Ooh. And he snarls and attacks the galloping gazelle and starts clawing and gnawing at him. Wow, violent. And Skipper's like, get up, get up. And Please, um, get up. And the galloping gazelle sort of like comes to as his his mask is getting ripped off by Gal- the ma- mass mutant's like leopard teeth. And the galloping gazelle rolls out from under him, gets to his feet and runs out of the office. Goodbye. And he's, I'm out of here. You're on your own, kid. And then the mass mutant stands on his hind legs, changes back to his human form or mutant form or whatever, and says, um, oh, yeah, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> and to me, at th- this point now, we kind of ride ourselves into a corner where it's kind we of do. like a bunch of groan-worthy things happen and not really, it's kind of anticlimactic. So here's what happens. So Skipper backs up against the wall and um, he says, and the mass mutant says, he said, Skipper says to himself, Galloping Gazelle should call himself the Galloping Chicken is more like it. Warn, the mass mutant says, fine, what are your powers? Do you burst into flame? Are you magnetic? Are you mind fogger? Answer me. And Skipper's like, I don't have any. He says, and he says, so you won't tell me, huh? Have it your way. And then Skipper grabs a big, smooth stone that's in the office and tries to, and tries to like throw it, but it's made of solid steel. Wow. I, like, it's so confusing. Yeah. Throws it at the mass mutant and misses and falls to the floor. And Mass Mutant's like, that's the best you got. Picks 
um, Skipper up, holds him above his head, and stretches his arms to the ceiling above the chandeliers until he bangs his head in the ceiling, and he says, "I'm." He says, "I'm going to drop you." Happy landings, but at, right as he does, about to do that, the door bursts open, and the mass mutant says, "You." What are you doing here? And How dare you burst in here? And Skipper can't see the sparkly chandelier, so um, he gets lowered a little bit and sees that it's Libby. And then this kind of weird thing happens where Libby's kind of like, hey, Skipper, let's get out of here. It's time to go. And she doesn't even acknowledge or even really look at the mask. She doesn't look at the mask. She says, didn't you hear me calling you across the street? I saw you go into the building. Let's go. And Skipper says, you've got to get out of here. And then, then Libby notices the mask mutant. And she looks at him and says, um, Skipper and I are leaving now. And the mask mutant's like, I'm sorry, you're not leaving. You're never leaving the building. And... And Skipper's like, we have to do something. And Libby pulls a yellow plastic gun from out of her backpack. And she goes, hey, look out. This is my molecule melter. Like, what? What? what is going on? And she was like, fine. If this is a comic book and this is like this, it, if I'm in a comic book right now and this isn't real life, I could do whatever I want, right? Right? So this is a molecule melter. Here you go. And she's like, I'm going to melt your molecules. And he, and molecules. And he's like... Uh, Oh yeah, I don't believe you. And runs towards her and she pulls the trigger and a high-pitched whistle comes out of the gun. And it stops him. And a bright white light circles his body and then crackles with electricity and starts shrinking and melting and his body just disappears into his costume. And then he, there you go. Thanks, Libby. Thanks for your molecule melter. And Skipper's like, how is this possible? Libby's like, I don't even know. What, this is all make-believe. Who cares? Let's get out of here. And as they're leaving... And th then she stops him and goes... I'm sorry, Skipper. I'm sorry because you're disappearing next. And he's like, stop. What's your problem? She says, there is no Libby. And her, this is the description. Her red hair slides into her head. Her cheeks grow wider. Her nose lengthens. Her eyes change from green to black. She gets taller. Muscles bulge in her skinny arms. Her jeans and t-shirt melt away until she turns into the masked mutant. Here's what confuses me about this. And the mass mutant is like, ha ha ha, I changed my molecules into a girl your age and, and I, called myself Libby. And you just melted the mass. Um, whoa. He, 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 and Skipper's like, wait a minute. Skipper's like, wait, but you, Libby, who's not Libby, Libby now the mass mutant, I just saw you melt someone who was the mass mutant. And he's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That, that was, was the, the magnificent, magnificent molecule man. man. He works for me and I ordered him to dress like me to keep people off my track. So let's get this straight. There's the mass mutant whose job is to, or his power is to, he can change his molecules to change into anything right right but sometimes he hires the magnificent magnificent molecule man to change into the mass mutant so people think that's the actual mass mutant but it turns out it's not i just melted the magnificent molecule man what molecule man yeah he worked for me sometimes i ordered him to dress like me to keep people off my track he worked for you and you melted him i'm a villain I do very bad things, remember? It all started to come clear. There never was a Libby. It had been the masked mutant all along. And apparently Libby is just a girl that the masked mutant made up, who, even though Skipper went, went to, to her, her house and looked at her high school Harry and Beanhead comics, which makes absolutely no sense. And none of it makes sense. And Skipper's like, what? He works for you and you melted him? Like yeah. you basically had a fight with yourself? And he goes, I'm a villain, remember? I'll do whatever I want. Mm. And he said, I'm going to keep you here. 
it's so hard to find good characters for my stories. And I knew when I saw you in the bus that you were perfect. You knew everything about the comics. I knew you were ready to star in a story. I need to keep you around because you're a great character. But now your part has come to end. It's time to destroy you. And... And he's like, but you can't. You're a comic book character. I'm a real person. He's not anymore. You're not real. You're a comic book. And then comic book this character is one too. The first thing I th one of the first things I think about this book because the mass mutant goes. Remember when you first walked into the building in that light? It was a scanner. I turned your body into tiny dots of ink. Now I can't wait any longer. I've already wasted too much time on you, Skipper. And, and Skipper goes, I'm not Skipper actually. I'm I'm. Uh, there is no Skipper Matthews. I'm the colossal elastic boy. And the mass mutant was like. Oh yes, that's right. I thought you I looked thought familiar. you looked familiar. And 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 Skipper, as the colossal elastic boy, was like, I have to get back to my home planet of Zargos. But Mastin's like, you're not leaving. I'm gonna tear you to pieces, and then tear your pieces into pieces. You know what? I'm elastic. I can't be torn. The only way to destroy me is this sulfuric acid. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Skipper slash colossal exact elastic boy says. And Mastin's like, ha ha ha. Now I know your weakness. So the Mastin turns himself into sulfuric acid. A wave, a steaming hot wave of sulfuric acid comes towards the colossal elastic boy and it misses him by inches and then sizzles into the floor. And Skipper's like, yes, yes I just defeated the mass mutant. You see, the mass mutant can change into anything solid, but not liquid. Ha 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 ha. I defeated him. He's destroyed. A 12-year-old boy defeated a comic book supervillain. This is ridiculous to yes. me because the mass mutant would be like, sulfuric acid, I can't turn into that. I'll die because yeah. I can't turn into liquid. Yeah. But doesn't even think about it, turns his liquid and is defeated, and that's how that ends. And also, not like we should try to rationalize any of this, but Skipper just made up the colossal elastic boy, and, and Mass Mutant was like, I thought you looked familiar. That's right. I knew you were the col colossal elastic yeah, boy. Yeah, Skipper just did what fake Libby did and was like, oh, this is a comic. I can do whatever I want. Whatever. So, so Skipper skips all the way home. He skips all the way home, is so excited to get home. He's even excited to see Mitzi. So he and Mitzi go play Frisbee in the backyard. This He's part was so weird when I was rereading it because this goes on for a few pages of just talking about chocolate cake and playing Frisbee. This is, it is, it's so kooky. And so he, after half an hour of playing Frisbee, he's like, let's go inside and get some, a snack. How about that chocolate cake mom left on the counter? So they're going inside and Skipper, they go inside and Skipper cuts two big slices of cake with a mm. knife. And as he's cutting chocolate slice, cake, as he's cutting the slice of chocolate cake, he slices the back of his hand. Ow, the back of my hand. That makes sense. And he looks and blood is not coming out of his hand. It's blue, red, and yellow ink. And we're going to do that thing that we do, you guys. We're reading the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book to make it one short, sensual book. And he says, this, this is the book. Hey, put that down. <clears throat> Where's that new Mass Mutant comic, I asked. I suddenly had the feeling that my comic book career wasn't over. So I thought this ending was so smart and so funny you and did so, such a twist when i was like two or whatever when i was reading this and i remember thinking oh dear jesus dear jesus please let this be a tv episode because i can't wait to see what that ink looks like spilling out of that cut because i had such a specific idea as a kid of what it would look like and did you get that? Did you get your um, dream? No, I didn't. So let's talk about the TV episodes. Ugh, they're two. It's two parts. It's season two, episode two, and episode three. And so, they both aired on September 7th, 1996. So as you can tell from listening to what this book's actually about, the idea of doing this as a television episode would take the highest budget of all time to pull all this stuff off. So of course, they use their budget on a lot of things, including 
Adam West, who guest stars as the Galloping, the Galloping Gazelle. Gazelle. And some of the set dressing stuff is actually pretty good. Some of it is shockingly terrible. But what was most offensive to me as a kid watching this episode was how shitty the comics looked. Oh, yes. That's they're, what they're, they're piss poor. Here's the thing, though. I... I I gotta give some snaps to them because they must not have had a lot of money. You can tell when they're using the Franklin School. It's like some office building that they just put the word Franklin on top of. <laughs> and the comics look look annoyingly unfinished because they look like this. The they drawings, look rushed. the drawings themselves actually look pretty good. I don't. The, I don't think they're. They very do. Good. I think the coloring is what's so bad. I think that because they only have I like think it's both of it. They only bad. have like four colors to choose from, and it's I. You could pretty much tell what I'm. Understand what I'm saying in the first 30 seconds of this episode. Because it starts off with comic book panels. And I remember being, as a kid, watching this episode, seeing the comics at the very beginning of this part one of the episode. Being disappointed. Being so disappointed that by by the time the second part of this episode started, I didn't even want to watch it because I was so discouraged and disillusioned by it. Now, all of that being said, I think minus... Let's talk about the parents for a second. Are we talking about the parents now? No. Let's take the parents out of the equation for a second. Yes. With the parents outside... Besides the parents, I think the episode actually does a pretty good job of adapting the book for a low-budget TV show. I think it does the best that it could, and I think it it takes the right pieces from the book and makes it into a cohesive two-part episode. What I don't like is I don't like some of the choices for... The direction. Here, let me get to let me oh, let me so let me tell you what I like about it, and then we will then we're gonna deep house dish. Okay. Um, I think the actor who plays Skipper is actually pretty good. He is very good. I think he's pretty good, and I think the actor cast as the masked mutant has a great laugh and looks, especially from the shoulders up, looks pretty good and seems to be having a lot of fun. That's about all that I like about this, though. I think a lot of the problem with it comes from the direction of it. I agree. I don't necessarily think it's the actor's fault. And let's just talk about it. So um, I just want to... Basically, what what they try to do with this episode is... I think what they're trying to do is play on the idea that it's about a comic book. Yes. So the parents are cartoonish over the top like straight from the 50s cheesy like Here's obnoxious let's talk about the dad for a second first of all i think that both parents are miscast and to me seem way too young to be actors who could be who could have a child that old i the, the to me, me it's to me it seemed like college actors who have to put on like glasses to make themselves look pretend like, like par- they're like parents skipper what did I say about those comic books? No reading comic books till all your homework is finished. Is all his homework finished? Hello, dear. Is all your homework finished? Not all of it. Yeah, but why do you think your grades are so poor? Why do you think his grades are so poor? Yeah. Because he spends all his time buried in a comic book. But, Dad, I don't just read them. I collect them. See, like, the Silver Swan. This is the first edition. Do you know how much this thing's worth? No, how much? That is not the point. Your obsession with these things, you know, it's unhealthy. You don't pay attention to anything else. He doesn't pay attention to anything else. Well, Skipper, try to pay attention to something else. Would you see, Skipper? Dinner time. Oh, yes. Jumping jelly beans. Yes, and so the dad is like wears a suit even at like two in the morning and like wears slicked back he hair. He dresses like from the 50s. He has like big glasses. But the worst part to me is, is the mom. The mom is from like Avonlea or whatever. The mom is like from from like Leave it to Beaver or something like that. And she's 
a zany, over-the-top cartoon character that doesn't exist in real life and doesn't dress like a real human being. And she's like this weak, like, um, oh gosh, it's she drives me crazy. You guys actually need to just go on Netflix or iTunes or wherever and try to just watch the beginning of this to see what the fuck we're talking about. Because at a point while we were watching this just now, I turned to Daniel and I said, this is actually making me angry right now. It made now. me angry too. The, the mom is like reading romance novels and is like by herself going like, oh. Yeah, it's like so about, she's like, there's a trick on how to cut onions without making them cry. Oh, I just wish I remembered it. Oh, well, there's a trick to cutting onions. You have no idea what it is. Oh, forget it. Oh, well. Oh, honey. And she's like, oh, it's dinner time. And she has like, I wish it were as good as that. Yeah, I, I wish it were that good. It's 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 embarrassing and it makes me angry. And the dad's like, oh, I'm just so over the top and I'm gonna be a good dad to you, son. That's not even an exaggeration. In fact, it's more ridiculous than that. And so they they in that element they and but it doesn't like Skipper seems like he's in a different world. Yeah, Skipper plays it all really real. real. And the parents are and so, so it, wildly it completely flat. And in fact, it's not funny. It's it's dumb. I think what they're going for for the kitchen and the house itself were, yes. were garish, over-the-top, bright colors the, that looked so much like a set that I was like, they're trying to make it no, look it's, like a cartoon. No, it's, it's an active choice. They wanted but things to look like a cartoon. if you really think about it, that is a completely brainless choice that doesn't actually make it any sense. Because if you're should, really thinking it should about be grounded, it, all it should, should be, be as grounded and as real as possible. Yes, and that to make the comic book stuff of the Mass Mutants headquarters so ridiculous. I'll forgive the ridiculousness uh, because we actually get to the Mass Mutants headquarters and, st and, and pretty much it happens like it does in the book, yeah. except the Galloping Gazelle is tied up in, in like the, a, a boiler room and his office, headquarter office, is not as opulent and gorgeous at, on the 46th kind of the floor. Basement. It's all in the basement. Yeah. And there's a lot of... It looks more like a superhero's like headquarters. Yeah. It looks like... You know, something you'd see in a comic book or a or like a 90s car cartoon. 90s cartoon. Yeah. There are a lot of like um, blinking lights and panels and bright, bright, bright colors. So I forgive some of the ridiculousness, but it all has like a, a sort of feeling and the tone is really slippery. The tone, the tone is really ridiculous, and they're and they play a lot of like music and the like cheesy music. Yeah. Music very cheesy. And anytime when Libby and Skipper are searching through the halls of the building yeah. they there's this weird sort of like alien um robotic sort of no like music in the background there's like a beep, 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 oh yeah you're right we talk about libby for a second the actress sure. plays libby uh she's he, blonde she doesn't have that red hair i only watched I this episode fine. that one time and this is my only time watching it again when i rewatch the series i always kind of skip through this one basically but her diction is so distracting to me because she says things like masked mutant and written and and like things like that it reminded me of do you remember in 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 junior high do you remember that guy who was in annie um, who you, go, she, you had better have a license and goes, little girl, little girl. I'll put in some examples of her over the top diction that pulled focus. I thought she was really bad. How is it? I don't know. It's an okay school. I didn't mean to interrupt your reading. Oh, that's okay. I've read it four times. My name's Libby. I'm Skipper. Do you collect comic books? Yeah. So do I. What kind? High School Harry and Beanhead. Aw, oh, man, those are the worst. I think they're very well written. And they're funny. Yeah, right. High School Harry with those stupid little tic-tac-toe check marks all over his temples. And that guy Beanhead 
so nauseating. What do you collect? All that superhero junk? Like the masked mutant? I thought she was just fine. No, to me, she reeked of like, she studied too much of how to be an actress or something and was just saying the lines so, so... There's nothing real or authentic sure. about anything she was doing or saying. So, um, oh, some different things about this episode than in the book. At the very beginning of the book, at the very beginning of the episode, it's a conversation with Skipper and his parents about comic books, and he goes down. Oh, oh son! He so goes down to dinner. No he goes down to. Book, he go. Book. He goes down to dinner and leaves the comic, his comic book on his bed, and the mass mutant literally pushes out of the comic book like Freddy Krueger pushing through a wall in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and later when they're supposed to be out like at their picnic at tables having lunch when they're really just in front of an office building in front of some bushes, like the mass mutant is there like peeking from behind the bushes going And when Skipper's on the bus, the mass mutant jumps on the top of the bus and rides the bus. Now, let's talk about the bus for a second. Let's talk about the bus for a second. Talk about the bus. So, on the side of the bus, there is an advertisement with two mummy hands giving thumbs up one is a mummy hand and one is dr brewer hand one is a dr brewer like a hand plant, plant and it hand. literally says goosebumps on it two thumbs up two thumbs up and at first it's cute and like a little wink where you're like oh this is meta and funny it's but like then oh. literally every they sh- time they show, they show the, the bus, bus maybe five times for the two two episodes you see it and it loses all of its tongue-in-cheek winkiness it, it ends up being like oh gosh don't not the same bus oh and there's a moment where it the action happens a lot faster in the book and the the yeah. building of the headquarters is not real like it's a digital effect basically yeah. yeah and it doesn't look real and it's like in the middle of like a blank parking lot as yeah. opposed to like in the book i feel like it was on a street corner or something oh i thought it was in a parking lot in the book no i think it was i i don't know it was it's mm. it's oddly placed i feel like i don't that didn't bother me okay that, cool that, that looked like how i thought it was in the book very cool and <laughs> and when they're walking through like the building the they do that thing. thing where it's like you know 90s it's green and it's green screen and they're pretending to walk and then there's just like cgi really bad cgi obviously of excuse me the background's like moving while they're in place kind of pretending to walk in place with this kind of wiggly green screen it's a it's a k- very kooky episode. It's not very scary. What happens is Sk- Skipper doesn't end up going like after school every day. There's one he kind of very quickly decides he's gonna go one night to the and headquarters. Wilson doesn't collect rubber stamps. He collects rocks. rocks. I really like the actor that plays Wilson. What's so interesting about the actor that plays Wilson is he almost never looks up the whole episode. He just kind of stays down looking at his rocks, and it's very rare that he brought his head up, I realized. I liked it. I felt like he was a real kid. It was so real that it it, re- it pulled focus because the rest of it seemed so stupid. You, there's so much focus being pulled for you this episode. Yeah. Um, something that happens in the TV episode that doesn't happen in the books is Skipper's at dinner one night with his parents after after he has gone into the headquarters for the first time and seen the drawings of himself and, and the, the, drawing and the laser a... thing has happened and sort of zapped him like it does in the book I, I will say the zap thing that happens when he gets scanned and turned in ink is really cool how they do it in the TV show yeah. and was really effective and um but when he went to, when he finds the room with all the drawings and the pictures, instead of finding a picture of himself, he finds a picture of a puffy old Asian woman. It's true. You guys should look at the episode. The drawing of himself looks really looks like an old Asian woman. Like an old Asian woman wearing like hobo clothes with um, a page boy cap. If I were um, the that that actor, actor Matthews, I, I would be like, that ain't me. Not that me. That's a puffy old Asian lady. So Skipper goes home that night and he's at dinner 
and he looks at his parents and as he's and he feel and she my, the mom's like are you feeling okay and he's like a little sweaty and like fevery and looks at his dad and his dad and, uh, they just, put like a comic filter over they it they put like like a, a ch- like a photo booth like uh apple mac computer photo booth filter from 2005 you know what i mean to make it look like a comic and then later you know he's sitting at his desk and is like having trouble staying awake and he like doesn't feel well that is not in the book ever yeah and it's sort of commenting on the fact that i guess he's turning into a comic book character i guess so but he decides that night to go to the headquarters he goes at night by himself on a bus yeah he goes really and late. the bus driver yeah there's that bus driver the bus driver says you know you be you know be careful be careful out there be real careful comic books will warp your mind <laughs> and then skipper walks off to the headquarters and the bus driver turns into the mass mutant and like laughs at the camera basically yeah um let's talk about the end of the episode which i think is is the only enjoyable part of this yeah. episode, really genuinely enjoyable part of this episode for me, yeah. he gets home after defeating the sulfuric well, acid thing happens. Well, well, before we get into that, at the end, he was like, you know, the Galloping Gazelle played by Adam West, which, by the way, I, I've never seen Adam West before. And I, I only knew who Adam West was from a Simpsons episode where they talk about Adam sure. West and he like guest starred in it. And I turned He's wearing to, a brown and yellow costume, which is kind of ugly. And I, weird abs, fake abs. I turned to Daniel and I was like, that sounds like Adam West. And Daniel's like, it is it, Adam West. I remember I it like, being a thing when it aired. It was like featuring Adam West. That didn't mean anything well, else as kids. you know, Adam West does that thing where he like runs in a circle and, 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 and the mass mutant trips him or whatever. But then the mass mutant is like, like, sorry, Skipper, I have to destroy you. But his idea of destroying him is is dropping a big oh. yellow rubber anchor on him or yeah, something. Yeah, like anvil anchor thing that's like clearly covered in like plastic wrap. Plastic like wrap, rubber. yellow, thick plastic It doesn't wrap. look very threatening. It's just like a big cartoony, soft, spongy, yellow anchor anvil Yeah, thing. so it's not like put, gonna like drop him from the ceiling. It's this weird, like vague... And he just slowly pushes it towards him. It doesn't make any sense. And him turning into the sulfuric acid as well, it's not a wave of acid. He just kind of sinks into the floor, which I'm still not sure how he would have defeated Colossal Elastic Boy by turning into acid if it's not a wave. He just kind of sinks down. And then it's like kind of... You know, well, special... because, I think it's because sulfuric acid burns through the floor, so it's like him just like sinking into the floor into nothing. Oh, okay. Well, but let's talk about quickly before that because the same thing happens in the book. That happens in the book. Libby shows up and he's like, "Libby, help me!" or whatever. Turns around, the mass mutant is gone, and he's like, "He was just here." And Libby's like, "What? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "He's here, but be careful. He could be disguised as anything. Like he was the chair that." the galloping gazelle was tied in as opposed to being the desk oh yeah and like one and of the he, arms of the one of the arms turned to a snake and galloping gazelle says oh no there's a snake in, in my, my face, face. <laughs> <laughs> it's really uncomfortable and the masculine goes oh no you don't like snake skin it's so stupid it's odd you guys and he and he's and anyway so libby shows up and the masculine disappears and and skipper's like it could be anything and anything at all and libby's like um anything he, he could be anything he could even be me. And then, yeah. like, Libby turns to the I like that there's no, what is it, the Molecule Man or whatever? Yeah. I like that there's no Magnificent Molecule Man because it makes way more sense. Yeah, it doesn't need it. You know, let's keep Libby out of, let's stay out of Libby's house and just keep it clean, you yeah. know? I felt like that cleaned that. Yeah, keep it foxy. That, that part of the book clean, cleaned it up pretty well. Anyway, so Sulfuric Acid, um, Skipper wins. He goes home and his you know he's at home and his mom like it what, what is it he's like here's one of your comic books 
and he's like, I don't. Yeah, and he has like ink on his hands, but he it's like brightly, yeah. brightly covered different spot spots of ink in his hand. And cartoon, you two young fifties mom is like, we need to clean that ink off your hand, and like drags him over, like kind of roughly drags him over to the cartoon sink and takes like a neon sponge and starts rubbing his his ink hands and he's like no mom i'm uh, no i'm fine and starts to pull away from her and you hear like a stretching noise and you realize that she's still holding onto his hand and looks over shocked because his arm is stretching all the way into the living room in and, a reclining and, chair and watching the you tv you can see that the comic book that has arrived is called the Colos- colossal elastic boy and then you get a really really quick shot of Skipper as Colossal Elastic Boy wearing an ugly-ass costume. With, like, with, shoulder pads with, with circus, like, tassels. With ringleader circus shoulder pads over a spandex suit, laughing maniacally, and then it cuts, and that's the end. No, that's not how it ends. What? This is my favorite part of the entire oh, episode. wow, this is his favorite part. Hands down, I absolutely love this, because his hand snaps back, he gives a thumbs up to no one, and says out loud, stretching! <laughs> oh, yeah. How could I have forgotten that? That's my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> Just so laughs to no one, puts a thumbs up towards the sky and goes, stretch it! It's so stupid. But it's so stupid that it's good. Like, it's such trash. Oh, God. Anyway, you guys, that was the, that was the mutant attacking. I gave it a C- minus when I reread it the last time I read it. I stick with my C-. Minus. That yeah. That C- minus sounds about right. So, uh, come so that was my favorite Gustav's book, you guys. Woo! coming up next things are about to get a little hairy i am very very excited about next week's episode or next the next episode we have the next book to read yeah the next tv episode to watch get nasty it's weird and fun and different and kooky and i like it i think my hairiest adventure yeah my hairiest adventure is thanks next. so much for listening you guys if you want to get in touch with us you can say hey on twitter or instagram we ch- we love to chat my instagram and Twitter is Danny Mac D A N N Y M A C K seven six nine. My Twitter is irobot u jane i r o b o t y o u j a n e, and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. Or you can send us an email at welcome to deadcast at gmail We just love responding. If you tweet us about that goosebumps stuff, we're gonna treat you right. We'll back. treat you right and back on, on our Instagram accounts. We're both constantly posting like goosebumpsy pictures, yes, especially been, for Man Crush Mondays and Woman Crush. Yes, Mondays. I've been posting some really amazing goosebumps art that i've found that yeah. i absolutely love thank you so guys much. so much for listening in your comments on itunes and sub- sub- subscribing and please and please keep listening and we will catch you next time <laughs> if you dare, dare.